Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, it's Claudia Winkleman here. Welcome to Business Unusual, the podcast that's all about how to build a successful challenger brand in association with Vodafone Business. And today I am diving into the freezer aisle to hear all about how you launch bite-sized delicious ice cream balls to the masses. Vivian and Howard Wong are a brother and sister and the brains behind the company Little Moons. Little Moons launched in 2010 and their mochi ice cream are now stocked across UK supermarkets so you might have seen them in the freezer section. Howard, Vivian, I'm so pleased uh, that you're joining me. Thank you so much and huge congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good to be here. I ordered them like in prep and they're the most delicious things. They're like little bites of unicorn. I mean, not actual (laughs) unicorn, but they're not completely of this world. Is that what you set out to do? We wanted to do something. We knew that mochi was different, that it was delicious, but it was also unknown in the UK because the texture is chewy, but that's what it's famous for in Japan, for the texture. When we tried it in the States and in Japan, um, we we just thought it was wow. And we thought we really wanted to bring it to the UK because um, our parents had a bakery that makes the traditional mochi as it was. So we're really familiar with the product, but we'd never, we'd never had it with ice cream before. And together, I think it's something quite special. It really is. We should explain if anybody's listening going, what is Claudia wanging on about? Can you, can you explain what mochi is for anyone who hasn't tried it or seen it? So mochi is a soft, sweet dough and it's made from rice flour. So it's naturally gluten free and it just has a slightly chewy texture. And so we put a very thin layer of it around Italian gelato ice cream. And they're just little bite-sized balls, like you said, and you can pick and mix the different flavours that we have. And so you can just have a different bite of different flavours. And it's a very playful, nice way to, to eat ice cream or to end a meal. Absolutely. And the traditional, the one that your parents made, that has like a red bean paste. Is that correct? Exactly. And so I think the mochi texture is a little bit thicker and then you, you, you fill it with red bean. Um, which I absolutely love, but I think it can be quite unusual for some people because it's... Have you tried it before? I haven't. Okay. But I'm going to. Yeah. Now I've had the ice cream version. I I need this in every form. I don't even mind if one's filled with brick. I'm going for it. (laughs) Tell me a bit about how you started, Howard. Did you you always want to do this? Because I know you both got degrees in economics and you went into the city, I believe, how did you find your way to small balls of ice cream? It's an interesting question. As you know, like Viv and I grew up around food with our parents running a bakery. So we've always been really passionate about it. But when I was younger, I, I didn't really envisage myself going into like the family business or anything. And But while I was working in the city, I realised that it didn't allow that much scope for creativity. And I think Viv and I both were quite entrepreneurial and we wanted to create something that was our own. And then, you know, when we tried the ice cream version of mochi, it literally blew our socks off. And we thought we had like such huge confidence in the product. At the time, it was, I think around 2010, 
there was just a massive explosion of Japanese food in London, but no one had really tried the dessert side of Japanese cuisine. So we thought there was like a real opportunity. And yeah, and we decided actually life's too short not to sort of take some risks and uh, sort of naively <laughs> took the plunge to go into mochi ice cream. And A, were you scared? And B, can you just talk me through your parents' reaction? You just graduated from Cambridge. You were in the city. You were like, I am on my way. And then you went, guys, I'm giving it all up. And uh, me and my sister, were, and you also, Vivian, was so successful. We're going to do this. Did everyone go, can we take your temperature? Can you have a lie down, please? Um, actually, it wasn't as shocking as you might think, actually, because I think... My mother had seen how hard I was working in the city and she started to question like, you know, is this something that you want to do? And, you know, having run a business herself, I could see one, how much freedom it gave her, you know, in terms of controlling her own life and also how much joy she, she got from running it actually quite supportive of it yeah like Claudia I think you'll understand my mum's when I was growing up my mum really wanted me to go and work in a profession yeah but when she was doing it in the 70s it was really hard for her to bring up kids as well as sort of have a full-time job and so when she started her bakery she found that it, it allowed her to drop the kids off at school she could come home and work pick us up cook us dinner and then she could continue working in the evening and I think you know, through the 80s, it was really hard to do that because it wasn't as um, at the forefront of everyone's mind because I think now we're quite lucky, or, but there's still a way to go that uh, uh, about women working full-time and, and juggling childcare. Yeah. And so when I said that I wanted to leave, she'd also seen the hours and, and the inflexibility back then in the city. And um, so she was quite encouraging of me and then Howard as well for different reasons. So, no, she, she, she definitely supported us. Both my mum and dad were quite happy for us. But... They did say it's really hard work to get this going. And if you're working long hours in the city, you are, you are going to work even longer hours and you never switch off when you're running your own business. So um, I think there are definitely pros and cons to it. Absolutely. There's a, I read a brilliant description. I think it was a Sunday at 4 a.m. Yeah. And you were both just labelling boxes, yeah. looking at each other going, what are we doing? Yeah, I was sat on the, on the ice cold concrete floor of our warehouse, just labelling boxes after boxes and just packing it because we felt bad, like bringing people in, like we didn't necessarily couldn't afford it. So, you know, we, we've got so many of those stories where it was just the two of us just slogging away in the most unglamorous way. Um, but no, it's really worth it. Like we do look back now and, and we sit on our office and we just think how lucky we are because, um, yeah, it's been a long slog. I have to ask you about the name because it's a perfect name, isn't it? Did you guys come up with it? We went to an agency actually very early on just to do the name because we weren't, when I say early on, I guess four years into our journey, we thought we should start thinking about branding it. And I think it was when um, Whole Foods asked us if we could launch a retail range for them because um, we'd been making it for restaurants before. So we went to an agency to brand it and they came up with lots of different names. But Little Moons was the one that really stuck out because we, th- we thought it was really cute. And it was very meaningful on lots of different levels, if you know about Mochi. So that's why we went with the name. What's it like working with your sibling? Vivian, you go first. Just pretend <laughs> that Howard isn't listening. <laughs> because th- difficult conversations have to happen in business, right? And I just, what's it like? Yeah, we have had our moments and it is difficult and you're right. There are some difficult conversations to have, but who better to have difficult conversations with, with your brother? Because we will never, we'll never fall out. We'll always be family. And I think with friends, you could stop being friends, but we will never stop being family. And so we've, we've actually found a way to work really well together because we have complete polar opposite personalities. And I think it's taken some time to learn about that and appreciate that. But it's, it's just meant that 
sort of more analytical side of the business is covered off by Howard and I guess the more sort of touchy-feely side is, is covered off by me and together we've really navigated it well so um but you know at the very very beginning because we started on our, on our own we didn't have any outside investment um Howard moved in with me and so we were living together we were working together and so it's just it was you know there were some tense moments but definitely worth it. <laughs> Howard how do you find it? Yeah it's like if you we went first, so and now I can tell the real story. No, I'm just <laughs> um, no, I'd actually just say exactly the same thing. So you know, it's been a ten year journey so far, and um, there were some pretty hairy moments when we were living together, working together, and kind of we hired behind the curve. So we we're kind of trying to do everything ourselves. And since we sort of both split responsibility, we don't really have a hierarchy. When there was a disagreement, there was no real way to resolve it. Um, but nowadays, like we really have learned to play to each other's strengths and I think you know what led to loads of arguments in the past I now realize it's actually really beneficial for, for the company because we see things in different ways and that allows us to sort of filter down into like the best course of action. That's fantastic let us talk numbers how many mochi do you make and sell? So we were calculating this the other day and we couldn't believe the number ourselves but you know we're, we're producing about 25 million mochi <gasps> a year. Stop it! It's something like almost like one mochi eaten every second which is crazy when you think about it. And do you sometimes have to pinch yourselves thinking, it wasn't that long ago that you two were, as you say, on the concrete floor, labelling boxes or having this idea, and now you're making 25 million unicorn balls. I'm joking. Little moons <laughs> every we single year. Can you, can you believe that? Genuinely, I wake up every morning and I feel so lucky because we have such a great team with us now. You know, A couple of years ago, it was just the two of us. And I think maybe two years ago we hired sort of a professional team to help us so now we have a head of sales a head of marketing someone who who knows how to run our factory for us properly and we all work so well together particularly during this lockdown it's you know we've all pulled together it's just been great like like you said I can't believe the business that we have now. Would you say that you're both quite tech savvy and what does technology add to the business how important is it if you like? Um, I used to think I was really tech savvy. Um, and then when Snapchat came out and I just couldn't understand the point of it, and then it turned out to be like absolutely incredible, I realized I was past it. Yeah. But in terms of technology, um, yeah, it's been really fundamental for the business because things like social media have been really amazing to allow people to, one, discover us. But more importantly, it's also great for us to sort of engage with our consumers and really like talk to them, find out what flavors they're liking what they're thinking about and we just get comments every day through Instagram and Facebook about our products and giving us feedback all the time which is brilliant I think it's been really important to us. I imagine that's incredibly useful because you might want to launch a flavour and we should mention some of the flavours by the way because I know people who are listening because they're interested in business but if they suddenly get a bit peckish later I'd really like them to know about hazelnut and lemon and coconut and all of these wonderful things so you'd say social media and staying connected like that is very important for your business. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we run competitions to get ideas for the next flavour. We announce special edition flavours, which we launch at places like Selfridges on Instagram. So yeah, it's been really good. Let's talk about how you have worked and are working during COVID-19. How has it affected the business? We made the decision quite early on to shut our factory just for the safety. I think there were so many unknowns when this all happened. Yeah. So we, everyone from the factory was sent home. And then our senior leadership team, we all continued working from home. And we 
just started using Zoom a lot, like I think like everyone else. Yeah. And at first it was a bit unusual, but I think, you know, I mentioned before, I've been so impressed with how well we've all worked from home. And I think it really is going to change the landscape of, of the working environment going forward. But I think you've just had to be quite creative, just thinking of people's needs and, and what the living situations are. Like some people are living alone. So we just try and check in more with them. We have a Friday quiz for everyone who's even on furlough, you know, so we'll do a pub quiz. Everyone dials in. We've got drinks 5 p.m. on a Friday. And it's so much fun. And it's just been it's just been great, I think. But I think it has required just extra thinking um, and consideration of, of people's needs. Absolutely. And Howard, what have the last hundred days looked like for Little Moons? And if you had a crystal ball, the next hundred, what do they look like? I think the last hundred days uh, were just a massive roller coaster, to be honest. So the first few days were really about kind of assessing the situation every day, trying to get as much information as you can and then making pretty huge decisions. I guess we went straight into sort of cash preservation mode and we just rebudgeted for the rest of the year and, and just decided how many months, like say maybe three months of no income, what would happen with the business. And then as we slowly had more information from the government that, you know, furlough payments were going to come, that there were going to be loans available for the business, we then re, we rejigged our budget to see what we could do, what we could afford. And so every day there was new news coming. I remember we were just hanging on the word for, of the government and what they were going to do to support us. And our finance team, our operations team, we just all got together and just, you know, did a cash flow plan, basically, like almost a daily one. Um, and then I guess we just, we also you know, like I said, we're considering the needs of our of our team and we've yeah. got everyone and the whole company, like 100 Headspace memberships and just made sure that we started doing a newsletter so that everyone who was on furlough, because we have about 70 um, people that work in the factory. And so I guess it was just trying to think of lots of different things to do. I think we used the period as well, like a lot of other businesses, to reflect on what we were doing, what direction we were going in and, you know, really think about kind of our strategy yes. and how we were going to come out of the crisis which I think was actually quite a useful period to have, which is something that doesn't you know, often happen for businesses, the space to really think and pause and breathe. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned staying together because I was going to ask you about how, I mean, connectivity is so important in this time, whether, as you say, like it's a newsletter or calling people. I think connectivity has been so crucial over this period and technology has just really facilitated it to happen actually quite easily these days. I mean, there's so many different tools to use. We actually think it's really doable. I mean, obviously we miss some of the interactions you have in the office and some of the conversations by the, the coffee machine, but ultimately I think technology has, you know, made this crisis a lot easier to deal with. We'll get back to Howard and Vivian in just a moment, but first I'd like to tell you about a really simple way that you can make a difference in the fight against COVID-19. Let me tell you about DreamLab. DreamLab is an award-winning app developed by the Vodafone Foundation. It harnesses the power of a connected UK by enabling everyday smartphones to analyse complex scientific data. Originally developed to assist Imperial College London with their research into cancer, DreamLab is now also playing a really important role in Imperial's research into COVID-19 too. The DreamLab app creates what you could call a virtual supercomputer by harnessing the spare power of smartphones while they're not being used. As you sleep, your phone can join hundreds of thousands of other users to analyse loads of data and speed up the time it takes to conduct vital medical research. Pretty cool, right? 
You can find DreamLab on the App Store for iOS or on Google Play, and you don't even need to be a Vodafone customer to use DreamLab. The app is for everyone with a smartphone. More information and the privacy policy and FAQs can be found at vodafone.com forward slash DreamLab. Keep connecting with Vodafone. So, Howard and Vivian, we've talked about success. Let's talk about the other side of things. What are some of the biggest challenges you faced? Were there moments where you went, I don't think this is going to work? I think running a business, you get challenges sort of on a week-to-week basis, yeah. um, like real challenges. It's always always a lot of problem-solving involved. And I think looking through the years, there have been so many occasions where I feel like it's almost like a life-or-death situation or a crisis, you know, a machine breaking down just before a massive order, so on and so forth. But on reflection, like, I generally think that the most important challenge we've faced is sort of the relationship we've had with each other as brother and sister. Yeah. So when we were living together and working together and really highly stressed and beginning to sort of have challenges in our relationship, I think that was like the biggest challenge that we faced for the business. For the business. Is it true you both, I, I might have read this and then just please shout at me if I got it wrong. Did you both do a personality test? <laughs> <laughs> I read that. Yeah, we did actually. We, um, we we did a personality test, which is a colours one, and that's where we discovered that Howard was sort of like red, blue, and I was green, yellow, so absolute opposite ends. Wait, what does that mean? So he's just very analytical, and right. he's very mathematical, and he likes to think about things a lot. And I like to think about things a lot as well, but in a very different way. And so I need time to go away and mull things over and then come back and, and discuss the decision. Whereas I think Howard just like re- can really interrogate a question 24 hours a day and will not stop. So You're making um, me sound so fun, Viv. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know who I'm having a drink with. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. You sound fine, um, Howard. Yeah. <laughs> but I would definitely encourage if you're building a team to make sure that you you do hire a team where everyone has brings something different to the table because you don't want to be working with people that agree with you all the time and you think the same way because you know your consumer is going to be so different and and so you you just need lots of different people on your team we have that on our team and I think we will work brilliantly together and everyone recognizes each other's strengths so um yeah that's I think building a team is also a big challenge was was a challenge for us because it's people and people management is always tricky and uh, and you have to think about it every day. So yeah, take care of your team. It's so interesting because um, in the last episode, if you want to listen to that, I'm just talking to the listeners, um, I spoke to Freddie from Patch Plants and he said whenever he's hired somebody slightly against his his gut instinct, you know, when he you've just sort of gone, he, he says the whole thing is about people and when he's gone a bit off, does that make yeah. any sense what I'm saying? It, it, totally. It's never worked. You really have to, yeah, you have to go with your gut, I feel. And, and and I think the more experienced I get with hiring, the more I believe in that instinct when you meet someone, if they're right or if they're not right, because you just know the nuances of your business. Absolutely. So I, I agree with, yeah, with Freddie, it's true. Um, Howard, was there a moment where you thought, we've done it? We've absolutely done it maybe you bought something you'd always dreamed of buying or a cardo or selfridges or harvey nichols or all these wonderful places that you was there a moment you know actually we're quite we're quite forward-looking people so we've you know we're often just like thinking about you know what's next and we've actually noticed that we never really pause to think about our successes um, and celebrate them which is something that we actually need to fix but i would say that 
now we have built up a fantastic, incredible team. We have a pretty good work-life balance and we're just enjoying working so much. Like genuinely wake up every day looking forward to work. I don't get Sunday night blues anymore like I did when I was working for someone else. And um, that's an incredible feeling. And also we feel like really lucky to have achieved that. So in that sense, um, we've achieved success in our lifestyles. But I think as we get more success in the business, our objectives are changing and we're sort of looking at how the business can impact our community and the world in a better way, which is a new challenge and it's something a really exciting thing to be doing. Absolutely. There's still lots to do. Yeah. Um, you do lots of collaborations with other foodie brands on your Instagram and it seems like a lovely industry to be part of. Do you feel that? Just the world of food and restaurants and people bolstering each other up? For sure. I feel like from the moment we started working in the industry, we've noticed just how, how friendly other brands are, how supportive they are. It is a really close-knit community and people are generally really um, willing to lend their time and advice. Yeah, Viv and I like supporting other brands too. We do talks at places like the Bread and Jam Festival. Yeah, it's, it's been a really collaborative effort and we, we really see the importance of um, collaborating with other brands and even with you, you know, our relationships with as our suppliers as sort of collaborations, yeah, um, which is really important. You know, you need to be honest with them. You need to tell them you know, what you need. So, yeah, it's been really important. Vivian, what, the, I mean, I don't mean immediate because it's too difficult to say, but what does the future hold for Little Moons? If you look really ahead, where are you going? We are really enjoying this journey. So I think we're just going to continue opening up pop-ups so we can meet our customers. Um, We're going to open more pop-ups in uh, in Europe because they've done really well in London. We had one in Bond Street, we had one in Selfridges, we had one in Westfield. Um, So we're going to do that internationally. Um, We actually have a a pop-up in France in Westfield, which is now closed, but when when everything opens up again, it will be be there. And we'll be opening one in Manchester. So we're just sort of spreading slowly and hopefully in a controlled way. Um, We're getting more and more listings across Europe, so that's exciting. And um, our newest initiative is the direct-to-consumer channel, which we'll be doing, just because so many people want so many of our flavours. We have 14 different flavours. And it just gives us the flexibility to supply that to everyone across the country because, you know, Tesco's shelf space is limited. We have two flavours there. And we just think direct-to-consumer just allows us to to give our consumers what they're looking for and what they want. That's magnificent. So people can order direct from your – I've been all over your website. It's beautiful. People can go on there and order 900 hazelnut balls, for example. (laughs) I'm not saying it's me, but if you see it pop up, you'll know it's me. what is, this is to both of you, the best piece of business advice or just advice you've ever received? And then afterwards, I'm going to ask you what's your advice for people listening going, I want to start up. I want to do something. So first of all, what, what's the best piece of advice you've received? Howard? As Viv has uh, explained about my personality, I tend to overthink things. <laughs> um, so someone, you know, someone's told me the 80-20 rule, which is basically, you know, you can do get 80% of the way there with 20% of the time. And I think generally you can get the right direction with less effort without, without you know, overthinking things. Okay, that's brilliant. Um, Vivian? I think it's just about tenacity and you really have to have faith and passion in your product and what you're going to do because it's, there are some really long nights and there's some really long days and you just have to be so focused but so passionate for your product because... Um, you know, it, it will take you a long way and there's, you know, there's a lot of hours to work on it. And so 
yeah, just have real passion and have real belief, belief, absolutely belief in your product and what you're trying to do. And for anybody, it might be the same thing, by the way, you might just pass it on for anybody. There are lots of budding entrepreneurs listening, people who go, do you know what, I'm just going to start something. What is your what is your nugget for them that they can hold on to? For me, I think it's You've just got to be ready to, to troubleshoot every single day. You can read so many books about how people have started businesses. And I, I love reading those types of books um, like Shoe Dog um, about the, uh, the Nike founder, Nike, uh, Phil Knight. Um, and, but there's, there's, you have to read between the lines. Like they, they won't explain how to solve these t- a thousand different problems that you'll, you'll come to every single day. But you just have to be ready to, to think outside the box and to find your own way around these these problems nothing can prepare you for it okay and Howard I would say that it's really important to talk to people and go out there and network and be willing to sort of get advice from people because I think when Viv and I started working in Wembley industrial estate we found it quite hard to network and we were quite insular but you know when you speak to people sparks fly you start to engage you get ideas and I think you know we regret not doing that sooner and also getting help and advice from outside people has been really useful to our growth Thank you both so much for talking to me. It's been absolutely fascinating. And huge congrats, 25 million little moons a year. I've got to ask you both now, just so that we can all follow your lead, which is the best flavour, officially? My favourite is the tropical vegan flavour. Tropical vegan? You wouldn't know it's vegan. It took us a long time to develop a vegan vegan ice cream that tastes better than, you know, normal ice cream. So we're super proud of that one. All right, well, we're going to go tropical and vegan. Thank you so much again and enormous luck for the future. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you. Huge thank you. Thank you so much and goodbye to Howard and Vivian. Little Moons, I mean, take it from me, are off the scale delicious. Thank you so much for listening to Business Unusual. We would love you to rate and review the podcast and please do subscribe to hear more stories about successful challenger brands and the great people behind them. And if you're interested in trying out the Dream Lab app, just search Dream Lab on the App Store for iOS or on Google Play. In the next episode, I'm going to find out what it takes to be a change maker in the fitness industry when I talk to Bourne Barrical, CEO and founder of R Parks. So get out the lycra if you want, pop your trainers on if you have them, and I'll see you next week. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.